Welcome to the 6AM Run Podcast. My name is Mark Paisant. I'm an avid runner, a certified personal trainer, a 6AM Run ambassador, and host of the show. Be sure to head over to the website, 6amrun.com, to sign up today to get 20% off of your first order. Now, let's start the show. Back to another episode of the 6AM Run Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Paisant. But you know that. And as always, the show is brought to you by 6AM Run, 6AMRun.com. Head over to that website to sign up to get 20% off of your first order. As always, I appreciate you being a part of the show. We got a good one for you today. Um, just learned that Stephen not only... His, his name is spelled the correct way, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, like my middle name. But he is basically in the same city, close to the same city. I mean, we just figured that out. But I digress. We have uh, a health and wellness coach, Stephen Box, B-O-X, with us today. But he's so much more than that. He has an amazing story. Stephen, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Why don't you go just introduce yourself for our audience? Yeah, th- thanks for having me, Mark. Uh, like you said, I am a, a health coach. Uh, actually, I'm a board-certified health and wellness coach. Um, but I've been doing this for a little over a decade. I actually started off with my own 80-pound weight loss, and that kind of inspired me to get into the field. Uh, I started off as an in-person personal trainer. And over time, what I kind of started realizing was fitness by itself wasn't enough. And so I was like, okay, let me add nutrition to the mix. So I learned nutrition, got, you know, certified in that and saw better results for my clients, but they still weren't seeing everything I wanted. And so I was like, you know what, maybe let me start studying things like behavior change and and that kind of stuff. And so, you know, multiple certifications later for sleep, stress management, recovery, uh, behavior change, all that good stuff. I finally kind of got to this point about two years ago where I said, you know what? I now see what the problem is. I can give people all these tools and things are great when life is not crazy for them. They can do all this stuff. But I wanted to figure out a way to give people habits that would actually stick around even when life got crazy. And that's where the idea of unshakable habits came from. And I went from just focusing on the physical aspect of health, things like nutrition, sleep, exercise, and really look into this idea of connected health, which also looks at like mental health, emotional relationships, your environment, and your sense of purpose. And so that's really kind of how I've evolved over the last decade in, in my coaching. And I absolutely love having these kind of conversations because I think um, not, not that you want to you know complicate fitness. We, we don't want to do that. But I tell people all the time, you know, no good fitness coach wants you as a client forever. Like that's, that's the, that's, that's what it is. Like as much as people are like, Oh, I want to work with you forever. You're awesome. It's like, no, like I don't want to be a crutch. Um, and I think, well, I'll, I'll leave it to you. Like, I, I know we're not trying to, to, like I said, complicate fitness, but there are aspects of it that, that we have to at least be intentional with. And you mentioned the nutrition part, you mentioned the mental health aspect of it. But you also mentioned kind of people finding their why, people finding their root cause. So kind of talk about why that part of it is so important. 
Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, because you mentioned, we don't want to complicate fitness. And, and the reality is fitness and nutrition don't need to be complicated. They're actually not that difficult when you start to understand it and you cut through all of the marketing BS out there and, and see all the things that people are pushing to put money in their pockets. And when you start to realize, hey, most people, when they're just focused on fitness and, and nutrition, all they care about is the number on the scale, right? They're just trying to look a certain way. They're trying to get to a certain number. And when that's your only focus, it becomes very difficult to make this a lifestyle because you're only focused on that one outcome. And where I've really taken this idea of connected health is how do we make your entire life better? Not just how do we make you look better, but how do we make you feel better? How do we get your body to operate better? And in order to build out something like that, because it's going to take time, you really have to connect to a deeper purpose. There has to be a bigger why for why you're doing this other than I want to look good in the mirror. That That is... That is absolutely correct. And, and like I've said many times in this show, my, you know, once I figured out my why and, and you know, I want to be a, a good dad for, for any kids I had in the future, it, it clicked for me. But let's let's go back a little bit and let's talk about your transition, because, you know, from from a person who's lost weight to another, like I, I can tell you right now, we both know it's not, it's not if it was easy to take off as it was to put on, everyone would do it and everyone would keep it off. But kind of talk about those years before the transition, like what kind of person you were, what, you know, um, was it something that you were just always thinking about weight? Did it never click for you? Like what kind of person were you before the fitness journey? That's a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) Take as much time as you need. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So so first, I mean, let's let's just kind of address this idea of, of hard versus easy. And what I always tell people is there's simple and then there's easy and those aren't the same things right we can keep this stuff simple that doesn't mean it's going to be easy it's 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 a lot of work but for me where i think everything kind of starts is we'll go all the way back to being a kid because i i'm gen x i'm 45 years old and I grew up at a time where we all went outside and played all the time. We were always active. We were always doing things. And so that was really just a part of my identity of who I was. And I think where things started for me actually was when I I moved, because I was actually born in Oklahoma and we moved to Florida when I was about seven years old. So here I am, I'm the new kid. I, I've always been really short. Even after my growth spurt, I'm only five foot seven now. So, you know, <laughs> now it's after like a five inch growth spurt in high school. So just give you an idea of how short I was. And my weight was something that I didn't really have too much of an issue with when I was really young. But I think once I moved and now all of a sudden I'm the new kid, I've got the funny accent to everybody else. And I got bullied and picked on a lot. And I think that's really where I started turning to food as a way to make myself feel better. And, you know, because I was active, I was able to keep the weight kind of in check for the most part. But I had periods where I was chubby and then I'd lose weight and then I'd be chubby. And then, you know, I hit a growth spurt and all that stuff. By the time I hit college, now all of a sudden I'm working, I'm going to college full time and my exercise and my activity levels dropped but my nutrition probably got worse 
right? Because especially I'm working in a mall. I'm eating in the food court every single day. And it, I, I ended up spending 13 years working in retail. And so over that time period, I became more and more sedentary outside of the physical work I was doing at my store. Because early in my career, I was doing things like stocking the, you know, the stock room and stuff like that, working at a shoe store. And eventually I moved into management. And once I started doing that, I become more sedentary. Like I said, my uh, nutrition probably got worse over time. Until one day I looked up and realized I weighed almost 250 pounds. So when you're 5'7", that's a lot. And... I just realized, like, I'm not the person that I used that I've identified as. I always saw myself as this very active, athletic person, but I wasn't that person anymore. And over the course of about four years, I tried different things. I tried, I actually worked with a nutritionist. I went to a doctor who tried to put me on diet pills that lasted for all of like a week, and I was like, I, I, I don't want to do this. Um, I tried following all kind of diets. I tried counting macros. I tried doing cardio, which I, I know you got a lot of runners on here, so I'm sorry for saying this, but I hate cardio. <laughs> okay, I hate it. Uh, I'm sorry, runners. No offense. Uh, love you guys. But I just struggled to find something that would work for me. And what ultimately kind of changed it for me and really where I think the, the motivation changed, and I, I've told people this before, but I feel like it wasn't this one thing that really pushed me over the edge, per se. It was the culmination of things, right? It was not feeling attractive to my wife. I mean, she didn't say that, but I felt it, right? Or getting tired going up the stairs or having my knees hurt. Not being happy with the way clothes fit me. Like, always, like, wearing baggy stuff to, like, hide my fat rolls. All those little things. But the moment that I think really kind of was the final piece was I went in on a Monday and I was watching the video in my store, the security cameras. And I was off that previous weekend. So I'm going back and I'm watching the, from the weekend and I forgot that I had actually stopped by my store for, for a minute on my way to go do something else. And I see myself on camera. I didn't recognize myself. I literally was taking my phone out of my pocket as I'm looking at myself on camera I'm taking my phone out of my pocket and I'm about to call my assistant manager and absolutely cuss him out for allowing somebody behind our counter and then I realized it was me and that was the first time that I felt like I really saw myself the way that other people did and I didn't like it and so I decided you know what I have to make a change this is something I absolutely have to do and so I went and I went to my local big box gym and I signed up with a personal trainer there. And I went through about six of them. Some of them just quit because, I mean, you, you know that the, the pay in those gyms is absolutely horrible and trainers quit all the time. Uh, but some of them I just didn't click with. And I was at the point where I was just ready to just give up. I wasn't losing weight. I was just spending this money for nothing. I was spending my wills. And I just stopped going for a while. Like I was still like, you know, paying my, my stuff or whatever, but I just stopped going. And after a couple of months of not paying, I was like, you know what? 
I need to do something. This isn't working. Like, what am I doing? But I, I figured, you know what? The personal training thing is not working for me. So I'm just going to cancel that. And I'm going to just be hard-headed now. And I'm going to prove to people that you can lose weight without cutting out your favorite foods. Because at that time, all this idea of like, you know, if it fits in your macros and all this other, like that stuff didn't exist then, right? Everybody's advice to you then was to eat nothing but like boiled chicken and broccoli. And like, who wants to do that, right? So I was like, I'm going to prove that you can do this. So I go to the gym to go cancel my membership. And they told me, you have accumulated 72 30-minute personal training sessions. And if you cancel your gym memberships, you're going to lose all of them. And you won't get refunded. Now, me being the stubborn person that I was, and to an extent still am, I was like, no, 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 I'm not wasting that money. I'm just going to do these sessions, give them to me back to back. I'll hire two different trainers if I need to. I'm just going to run through these. I didn't even care about getting the results. Now, in hindsight, yes, I can see that just showing up for sessions with no goal in mind and just doing them to do them would have also been a waste of my money. But fortunately for me, that's not what happened because one of the trainers I started working with, we actually didn't even get along at first. He was like this like very serious guy, uh, former Navy SEAL, and, and so just like super serious guy. And one day, one of his buddies walks by and he makes a comment to him like a joke. And I don't know what made this come out of my mouth, but I just went, oh, so you do have a personality. (laughs) And his name was Rob. And and so, you know, me and Rob actually ended up becoming really good friends. And he really started telling me about how, you know, this, you know, are the exercises we were doing and why we were doing them and, and really started helping me kind of get this sense of like, this isn't just about the exercises. This isn't just about weight loss. I started to understand the deeper purpose of what we were doing. And even after I finished those 72 sessions, like we were really good friends. We worked out together for a couple of years or whatever, but he was really the one that helped me start to develop that passion for health and fitness and actually got me into this career. So, you know, it was something, like I said, for, for years I struggled with. And the irony of it is the turning point for me really was just being stubborn and trying not to lose my personal training sessions and ended up getting, you know, connected with the right person. Um, it, it's something like that, 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 that little thing you remember about saying that little quip that was like, that was the starting point or that was the, the reason. But it also shows that, um, I think people kind of undervalue sometimes like what, what a personal trainer really does because everyone has this notion that they can do it themselves or if they want it to or um or if they just put the work in by themselves it, it believe me it does happen for some of us it, it, do, it definitely does happen but um you know having that person who constantly pushes your limits constantly keeps you on that plan and let's be honest when you have that personal trainer if you're anything like me like you hate I hate bailing on people I hate it once I get once it's on the calendar like we're we're doing it like it's it's gonna happen especially if somebody else is involved but 
when you started doing this, because I want people to understand that when you started noticing the body changes and how you saw, because you've already mentioned you didn't even recognize that person in the camp in, in the video footage. When you started to see the results, what kind of shift did you have in thinking? What kind of what kept you motivated? What kept you wanting to keep going? So there, there's a couple things here, and there, there's a really funny story to include in this. So when I first started, it was very difficult for me to really do anything at all. Like I remember two specific incidences. Uh, one was when I would come in, Rob loved having people do push-ups as a warm-up, and we would literally because his whole thing was like, you're going to do the 10 push-ups. I don't care how long it takes. <laughs> and there would be times where it would literally take me like 10 minutes to do my 10 push-ups. <laughs> like, like, that's how bad I was. And then I'm like, and now we can't do any upper body stuff for the next 20 minutes. Like, that's like, I'm done, right? Like, my upper body is finished. We can only do lower body now. And the other thing was the other trainer that I worked with, I remember um, it was a female trainer. But she took me into the, one of the little side rooms that they had set up and was having me just do some little like back and forth sprints or whatever. And my knee just buckled on me. I just and I went down. I, I was fine. It wasn't any injuries or anything, but it just, you know, I, I just went down and it was embarrassing because, you know, the room that we were in, like it had the glass wall, so anybody in the gym could see in there. And I remember those two instances because those are kind of my measuring sticks for as I started to progress like I always went back to like where was I at my lowest moments and, and always kind of use those so it's like as I was able to do like 10 push-ups non-stop or as like oh now I can do double that I can do 20 right so it's like as I started to progress in those things that kept me motivated um, but the other thing that kept me motivated was I I'm a huge San Francisco 49ers fan. I have been since I was a kid and I got to go to my first 49ers game. It was, it was a year we were really horrible. We won like two games that year. Uh, but I got to go to my first game in San Francisco. And while we were there, I saw this long sleeve shirt that I really liked. And so I bought it somehow between me picking out the shirt and like grabbing it back off the rack or whatever, I ended up accidentally grabbing a medium. Now at the time I really needed like a double extra large. So I now did not realize this until we get back home. Okay. So now I've now gone from, you know, being in California buying this. So I'm now back in Georgia and it's like, well, obviously I can't return this now. So I decided to use it as motivation. Every few months, I would put on that shirt and gauge how tight it was. Until the point that I actually lost so much weight that the shirt got big. Congratulations. Let me, let me just say that. I want to say congratulations because, um, you know, that is, that is a feat in itself. And, and even though um, your measuring stick may not have been like something you chose. I mean, the push-ups, of course, and the, 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 the knee buckling like that sounds ultra painful. I think it does bring up a good point that some people need to know before going into a fitness journey is, is being able to have that measuring stick be for two reasons. One, 
you of course want to make sure you're you're progressing. You want to make sure you're moving in the right direction. But two, and I think this is the most important, you know, to give yourself, you know, the flowers when you deserve it. Because once you're making the gains, once you're on the right track and, and you've lost 10 pounds or 20 pounds, or you've gained this much muscle, or like you want to make sure you're able to say good job to yourself. Because I don't think enough people like understand that because, and you work with enough people to know this, like you understand this, but so many people go in and then six months goes by and they really can't tell if they've done anything. So it is very important for us to at least be able to, to gauge our progression as we work through. And Mark, you, I mean, you just hit on something so important there because I actually, as I started changing my branding, one of the things that I, I kind of leaned into and, and now do full time is I work pretty much exclusively with men. I have a couple of women I coach here and there, but I work like 99.9% .9 of my clients are men. And the reason why I was so passionate about that is because as men, I feel like society has taught us to devalue ourselves. We've been taught to put everybody above ourselves. And as a result of that, things like self-compassion or celebrating our wins. And I'm not saying this doesn't happen to women, but especially as men, not only have we been taught, have we not been taught how to do those things, we've been outright taught that doing them is bad. That it's selfish. I, for one, I, I like to go um, back and watch some of the older movies sometimes, but I like to see the dynamics of what uh, American society was at the time. And if you look at the older movies, like that dynamic between a father and his son was basically telling him to work as hard as you can to give as much as you can, basically all the time. If you get tired, guess what? You, you, you're not allowed to. <laughs> you're not allowed to be tired. It's, so you're, you're absolutely right. And, and I, and I love that. And, and also the work you do is with men over 40, like you and I, uh, we're pretty much the same age. So, and I know a lot of men there is, and there is this, this thought out there that we're allowed to let ourselves go. The dad bod is in like, don't take care of yourself. Like, and, and I, for one, and, and I don't subscribe to that way of thinking. Um, and I, I think other men shouldn't just because, you know, I understand there, there might be a, a group of, of the opposite sex that, that appreciates a man like that. I'm not going to, I'm not, that's not, that's a different show. That's a different show. But what I will say is once we start letting that waistline creep up, we're starting to open ourselves up to so many preventable diseases, preventable illnesses, preventable joint pain. So the work you do with men over 40, like what's something you can tell that man listening right now who thinks, hey, I've made it this far. There's really nothing I could do. It's just too hard to drop pounds or get in shape now. Yeah. So this is what I tell a, a lot of my clients. Like, first of all, understand it's not about six pack abs or big, huge muscles. I mean, if you want those things, we can get them for you. But those aren't the goals, right? The goal is that you want to have a healthy, well-functioning body. That you want to be able to play with your kids or maybe one day your grandkids. You actually want to be around for them. And, and I tell guys all the time, like, listen, we have been taught as men that two of our primary responsibilities are to be providers and protectors. So the question I always ask is, if you take pride in those roles, what's going to happen when you get sick? and you can't provide 
and you can't protect. What happens when you're not able to go to work and the medical bills start piling up? And now not only are you not a provider and a protector, but you've become a burden. Is that what you want? Because it's so much easier just to start taking care of yourself now so that you lessen the likelihood of that. I mean, listen, we, none of us know what's going to happen in life. Anything can happen to any of us, and we may still end up being in that situation no matter what we do right. But your risk of it is so much lower if you take care of yourself. And on top of that, you're going to have the energy to be able to be with them now. You're going to have the energy to be more productive so you can get your work done faster so you have more time for them. You're going to be stronger. You're going to be more confident. It's going to help you in so many areas of your life if you just can dedicate a little bit of time to eating better, moving more, getting enough sleep, reducing your stress. I think those are are great points to make. And and even in the work that you do, you mention like just, you know, examples of small, real world, consistent changes that have a profound impact on people. What are just, you know, in the work that you do, what are just some things and little changes that you tell people they can make that can have significant impacts on their life? Yeah, I think so many times we think we have to do this whole all or nothing thing. And I remember I was in the fifth grade and I I don't know like how your your school was, but my schools were were fifth grade was the end of elementary school. And then sixth grade was a whole different location that was middle school. And so we had a graduation. And I remember this end of the year graduation ceremony that they were doing. They gave out a perfect attendance award. And I was up for student of the year. So when they announced me as, you know, one of the perfect attendance award winners, I was like, eh, whatever, I don't care about that. Did I win student of the year, right? (laughs) That's what I want to know right now. And I just thought it was like the dumbest award ever. Like you're just, you're giving me a plaque for showing up every day. I was stupid. Because I I didn't realize that showing up every day is one of the hardest things you can do. So if you're a guy out there that's like, no, 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 I'm a man. I have to do hard things. Guys, there's nothing harder than showing up every day, right? Like that is the absolute hardest thing you can do. And I find so often people overestimate what they're capable of doing or what they need to do every day. So for me, it's like, I'll just use myself as a personal example here of kind of what my day looks like with some of the things that I've built in to make my life easier. First of all, anything that I need first thing in the morning, like say, for example, like my vitamin D that I take, I have it in a very specific location that I know I'm going to see it every morning because I am very much an out of sight, out of mind kind of person. When I come into my office, I have a kettlebell that sits right next to my desk. And so every single day when I walk in my office, the first thing I see is my kettlebell, which reminds me I need to go and work out. Now, I don't use the kettlebell first thing in the morning. It's just there's kind of a visual reminder for me. But the first thing I do is after I get my caffeine, because I'm, I'm not a morning person, I'm, I'm a night owl. I, I go, which, sorry, again, 6 a.m. I, I, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it, but I apologize. Go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if, I, if, if I'm up at 6 a.m., it has been a great night. I'm just going to take that. Okay. Touche. Touche. Absolutely. Yep. 
Uh, but but the first thing I do is I go downstairs and I I do a yoga workout, and I do like a, a strength training yoga. But I've realized that as as I get older here, including more flexibility and balance training into my programming is super important. And so that's how I start my day off. And then depending on the day of the week, I don't do this every single day, but some days I'll grab my gloves and I'll, you know, do 20, 30 minutes on the heavy bag. And then, you know, I'll get, you know, maybe some breakfast or, or whatever after that. And then I start my work day and I work for a little bit. And then I usually do like a weight training session three days a week in the afternoon is this, you know, kind of around like this time of day that we're recording this around like three or so is kind of an ideal time. Uh, but I do that three days a week. And so it's just these little like things that I've kind of set aside or these little moments that I've, I've set aside for myself. But outside of that, even going further is I recognize I can't do every little thing every single day. Right. So I, for example, have like this little ball that has these little spike spiky things all over it. And what I use it for is my feet. It actually kind of connects to the neurosensors in my feet. And because I realized the importance of, of balance and flexibility, and I understand the importance of good foot health to those things, I take five minutes out every single day before I even start my yoga session. And I use this little ball. And it just loosens up all those little muscles in my feet. It takes like five minutes. Or like every single day, because I know I'm going to be doing interviews all day long between my podcast and other people's podcasts or coaching calls. I know I'm going to be on the microphone all day. I have a little 10 minute routine that I do every single day to keep like the muscles in my neck and my jaw and my upper back nice and loose because those all affect your speaking. And so it's just these little five or 10 minute routines that I work into my day that help maintain things so that then maybe once a month I do like a super long thing for my feet or I'll do like a really intense uh, body their body session for my voice but because I do those little five ten minute exercises every day I only need to do the really intense stuff like once a month I think that goes perfectly into a, a question I will ask you. I ask all the fitness people at the end of the show, but um, I, I think you are at, this is what I'm going to say, being in the health space, in the fitness space, just like you are, I will say this right now, like, I understand why people get intimidated wanting to get in shape. Like, every person you see on Instagram has like eight pack abs not even six like every model has the perfect filter on every guy talks about that he eats quinoa bowls 14 times a day and it's it's like nothing is realistic and you make such a good two good point i mean plenty of good points but two good points about the amount of time that you spend and the the reminders that you have around but then you make the point that we're not talking about sculpted abs and we're not talking about the perfect jawline and we're talking about you know those the cut biceps we're talking about getting people able to get out of bed without pain like getting people to be able to go on a 15 20 minute walk when they couldn't even you know get out of the house six months ago 
So, and I think that's where we lose a lot of people. I think if I, every fitness profession, I apologize to go on this ramp, but if every profi- <laughs> fitness professional just got together and said, hey, you know what? We don't need everyone looking like Roman gods and goddesses. We need people just showing that they're able to touch their toes. Like that's, that's what we need. Um, and I think a lot of that comes through in, in what you're doing because you have, of course, in the website's called unshakablehabits.com. We'll have a link to it in the show. But what you're doing is, or what you're helping people do, I should say, and what you've done yourself is creating those habits that are just that. Like when people, we use the word habit too loosely. Like a habit is something that you do constantly over and over. It's like something you have to do. Like, and I think people have that idea that once they start getting into the fitness routine, they're going to feel terrible. Like, oh, I got to do this again. I got to do this again. And I could tell you right now, and I'll let Steven talk about this. Like if you have a a trainer or if you had a program that you don't have to do but you hate doing it every day like then it's time to kind of rethink how and what you're doing i'd love you to kind of expand on that yeah i think for let, let's actually go back and, and address your your first point about like our industry right um because i'm gonna tell you i think where that comes from I actually had an opportunity. I, I don't know if you're familiar with Precision Nutrition. They're, yes. They're like, for those who don't know, they're one of the largest educational programs in the world when it comes to health and fitness and nutrition type stuff. But not only do I have several certifications through them, but I actually worked there for about two years as, as part of their community engagement team. And part of my role was that I would lead these private uh, coaching calls, like group calls, where coaches would get on and we'd walk through different scenarios. And one of the most common things that people would ask is, okay, I like what PN teaches. That's what they call themselves now. It's PN. Uh, I like what PN teaches about, you know, this, you know, very similar topic they were talking about today, this holistic approach to health and you know, that kind of stuff. But I don't know how to market it because everybody I talk to just wants to lose 10 pounds and they want to lose it like today. <laughs> right. And so it's this catch 22 as trainers were like, it's so easy for us to get caught up in like, okay, I'm just going to give people what they want and tell them I, I hope them lose the weight. I will tell you where the shift came from me. And this is something that I think if we can help more trainers understand, can start to change this in our industry. What the shift was for me was I started to stop asking myself why everybody wants to lose 10 pounds or whatever weight, the number doesn't matter. And I started asking the question of why is it important to them to lose it quickly? And what I realized was no one actually wants to lose weight fast. No one does. What they want is to feel better. They want to not be tired. They want to not be out of breath and in pain when they're trying to play with their kids. They don't, they want to not, you know, struggle throughout their day and have to drink a whole bunch of coffee and caffeine just to get through their day because they're not sleeping well. They want to get rid of that pain. And they believe that the only way to get rid of that pain is to lose the excess body fat. 
and they figure if I'm going to put in the hard work, if I'm going to do it, I might as well get six pack abs out of it. Right. And we've set up this unrealistic expectation that everybody can have six pack abs. And we've never really told people how freaking hard that actually is to do. <laughs> like the amount of sacrifice that it takes. Like I'm never going to have six pack abs because I like tacos. Okay. It's just. They're yeah, delicious. They're absolutely I delicious. I don't have, I don't have eat tacos and have six pack ab genetics. Okay. I just don't. Okay. I'm not that blessed, but you know, I, I can have, I'm in great shape and I still get to eat tacos genetics. I have that. So that's, that's what I aim for. Cause I, you know, I want to be in great shape and have tacos. I, I'm, I'm greedy like that. So, uh, I think that's something that as an industry, we need to start understanding is, if you want to stop having to just promote weight loss to people and you want to start promoting the things that we're talking about now, you have to start to understand that what people really want is the pain to go away. And how do we help them move away from that pain? How do we start to help them feel better without making it all about weight loss? And, you know, just kind of touching back on our you know conversation earlier. When I fell down, when my knee buckled on me, or when I couldn't even do those push-ups without being completely done afterwards, that was demoralizing. But if I had said to myself, well, until I can do 100 push-ups, I'm not going to be where I want to be, I probably would have always stayed miserable. But I got excited when I went from being able to, you know, only do one push-up and need to rest for 30 seconds to being able to do two in a row. And then three, and then four, and then five, right? It's like, so every step was just like this little progression, like, wow, I'm feeling better and better. So when we start getting people to realize you don't have to lose all the weight to start seeing the benefits, mm. all of a sudden motivation is easier because, yeah, it's tough if you have 100 pounds to lose. I mean, I lost 80, right? But if, if I had set out with this mindset of like, I'm not going to be happy until I lose 80 pounds, I don't know that I would have made it. An amazing point that you brought up, of course, is on communication. Like what I heard of all of that, like there was, there's so much in there, but to the, the core of it was the communication. And people get caught up in the communication from trainer to trainee. But you brought up such a good point of when people start these programs, like they need to be honest with not only themselves, but they have to be honest with their trainer too. Because I guarantee you, most good trainers, can they know it already. They can see it already. They understand how you feel about your body. They can see what you come in to work out with, what parts of your body you're tucked. Like, they know already. But I think once you open up and you say, this is what I want, really? Because you're absolutely right. Like, everyone, I, I want to lose 10 pounds. I want I want to, I got a trip in a month. I got, like, all right, your trip's in a month. It's over in a month and a week what happens you know after that so i think you bring up some really awesome points about communication but there's a question and people know it's coming there's a question i ask everybody in the fitness space that um and again i want a just an absolute diversity of answers because i think I, I want people to 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 really get what i'm what i'm trying to sell here proverbially not not the i'm not i'm not trying to sell anything really um but somebody comes up to you, Stephen, says, Stephen, love what you're doing. I understand totally. I feel it. 
yes, you're right. But I just, Stephen, I don't have the time. You know, I got, you know, uh, we just moved and I got this new job and the, the kids are starting school and my parents are moving in and we got this going on. They're building so many things. They could throw out a thousand, thousand things to you, Stephen. So I just don't have the time. How do you respond? So, Mark, let me ask you a question. I'm, I'm just going to role play this with you. Okay. I like it. So, 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 Mark, let me ask you a question. How much time do you think it's going to take? Oh, man. I don't... Honestly, Steve, I, it, an hour, right? I need at least an hour a day, don't I? Not necessarily. I mean, what, what do you... What what makes you feel like you need an hour? Like, where, where does that come from? What do you... What makes you feel like you have to have an hour? I don't know. I just, you know, I see people spending so much time in the gym and people going on these long runs. I just figure I need a lot of time. Yeah. I, and it makes sense, right? If you, if you're seeing other people do something and those people are where you want to be, it makes sense. Hey, emulate what they're doing. Right. But do you think those people started there? I've, I've really never thought about that. No, I guess not. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you as someone who's been doing this for a decade that most people, unless they're just naturally in great shape, they didn't start there. When when I ran my one and only 5K, I retired, I retired after that. But when I ran my one and only 5K, I remember my very first run, I think lasted like two minutes. That, that was that was it. It was like a two minute run. And I slowly built up to the point that to me, I think about three months worth of training, but I got to a point where I could run the entire 5k nonstop. And I actually finished my very first 5k in under 30 minutes, which I mean, you know, for somebody who's not a runner, it's actually not, not terrible. And so it's really about figuring out where you are now and what are the small steps we can take today to start moving you because here here's the reality if we were to fast forward a year from now two years from now whatever and start to ask you who it is you want to be imagine what life looks like what are your daily activities what are your, what are your relationships like how do you feel in the future what does future you look like doing all that good stuff what behaviors do you think you're going to need to have in order to be that person? Of those behaviors, which ones do you already have the skills in place to at least start working toward? Because if we just start you and get you going, they're going to build up. Because a lot of times what we realize is we feel like we don't have time because we're prioritizing other things. And that's totally understandable because sometimes those things are priorities. Work is a priority. Family is a priority, right? You're not going to give up family time to work out. You're not going to tell your boss, hey, you know, take this job and shove it. I, I need to go work out, right? <laughs> no one's going to do that. So I'm not telling you that you need to give up those things. But when you start realizing that you're getting benefit from it, it becomes easier to say, you know what? Maybe I only really need 30 minutes of TV time instead of an hour. And now all of a sudden we just bound you 30 minutes, but we don't even have to start with 30 minutes. We can start you with five minutes because you're training your brain. 
your brain needs to get trained before your body, in all honesty. Because until you get your brain on track with this being important, it's, it's going to be a challenge. I can give you the best workouts. I can give you the best nutrition plans. I could even go and walk around with you and just like push people out of the way and give you the hour that you think you need. And you're still going to struggle with it. And if you, if anybody doubts that, what I want to point out to them is very simple. When COVID hit and the entire world shut down, every last one of us went, finally, I'm going to have that time that I need to write that book, to take that course, to clean the house, to do whatever. And none of it happened. We did none of it. <laughs> oh, he called, he called all of us out. He did it. I, I me too. I, I, was, I, was, I was on the list. Okay, I'm not excluded. <laughs> I, I can tell Stephen that you have answered that question before because there were so many just good nuggets in there, and I think you played you without getting too sappy in there. You you threw a lot of empathy in there because mm -hmm. you threw a lot of this is what we can do for you and it's not gonna you know we can make the time we can do this like you know tell me who you see in the future because that person pretty much exists right now we just need to like i loved everything about yep. that answer that was great i i really appreciate that and and people i i'm going to continue to ask that that question to a point where no one who listens to this show or knows somebody who listens to this show will ever be able to say, I don't have the time ever again. So Stephen, this has been amazing. Please tell us how we can get some more information on your program and just learn about more about you online. Yeah, the best thing to do is just go to my website, unshakablehabits.com. There you're going to find links to my podcast, any, you know, all information about me, all the links to my social media accounts. And also you can schedule a free roadmap call there. Uh, I would encourage anybody who is even just thinking about working with me to schedule that call. It's there's no obligation. I, I'm not going to like turn into a glorified sales call. I mean, yes, I'm going to tell you how much my coaching costs and I'm going to ask you if you want it. Right. But I'm not going to turn it into like some like super aggressive sales pitch field thing. It's legitimately an opportunity for me to ask you questions to help you get clarity on where you want this to go and see if it's feasible for you to do right now. And I'm going to tell people right now, like, I, well, first, like I always say, you can stop the show right now and go to the show notes and click on that link. But, um, and you bring up a good point because people always talk about, you know, I don't have the money to do this or whatever. And I'm not going to blurt your prices out because I want people to go to the website, but I'm going to tell people right now, the first personal trainer I got was $40 for a 30 minute session, three times a week for six months. So that is, do the math, that's 90 a week. That is 360 a month. So that would be, you know, 3,600 for 10 months. And so it was about, I think all in all, it was right at $1,800, $1,900 for the, it was more than that because the, the weeks didn't line up. It was like, I think it ended up being like 2,100 for um, six months. And I'm not saying that's high or low. I'm not saying that's anything like that. But what I did in my mind, I was like, I could spend this 2,100, this ec whatever amount you want to put there, put a thousand, put 500, put 50 bucks, put whatever. So I could spend this money on 
just the random stuff I buy on Amazon or just random stuff that I don't need, or I can spend it on myself. Yeah. I can spend it on becoming a better version of myself. And I want to put that out there because people see it as a lot of money, but how much money, what's your health worth? Like, what is your health? And we're not talking about physical health, mm-hmm. talking about all mental health, your social health, your lifestyle. Uh, you know, we're talking about sexual health. We're talking about, you know, parental health. We're talking about all these things. Yeah. What monetary figure would you put on it? So, yeah. And one thing I always point out to people when it comes to the money, too, is I always take the word price out of it because I, I said, look, it's an investment, right? Oh, great. Yes. Because yep. at the end of the day, I mean, think about the things that we spend money. I mean, like, yeah, you mentioned some of the small purchases that we all make every day. Like, you know, people go spend five bucks on, on a coffee or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what about the big items? You know, you go buy a car and you could go buy a used car for, I, I don't know what a used car is going for now, like 20000 or so probably. <laughs> yes. But, you know, you could go out and spend like 20000 on a used car that's going to get you to where you need to go and be pretty reliable for you. But a lot of us, we want the extra creature comforts in the car. So we maybe spend forty, fifty, sixty thousand on the car, you know, or we have big, huge houses and we consider those investments because they're long term things we want and we want to be happy with them. We want to be comfortable with them. Guys, there's no bigger investment There is no thing that you can own that is going to be a longer term investment than the body that you've been given. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, Thank you, Stephen, for being a part of the show. This has been an amazing conversation. Again, congratulations on your fitness journey. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Um, And this is, you know, I, I, I hope that people will really resonate with this show. I think they will. I know they will. And um, keep doing all the great work. So I appreciate you being on the show. You take care of yourself, okay? All right. Thank you, Mark. Have a good one. Thank you, as always, for listening to the 6 a.m. Run podcast. Again, I am your host, Mark Paisant. Please like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of this amazing content. If you can, we would love if you left us a review. Remember to follow us online and use hashtag 6AMRun to connect with the greatest group of runners and fitness enthusiasts in the world.